hi and welcome to Shakey's Sports Journeys. Uh, another uh, episode today, going back into uh, cricket with uh, Scottish cricket. But I'm going to start by giving a, a quick shout out to my uh, cricket sponsor for this season, who is uh, Duck and Run Cricket, as you can see there. Um, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Website duckandruncricket.co.uk for all your clothing and all your cricketing equipment needs. Uh, and if you want to get a discount, use Shaky15 um, as your code for 15% off. So shout out to those guys. Today's guest, I say how's it to the Scotland national team coach, Shane Berger. How are you doing, my friend? Shaky, I'm very well, thank you, and yourself. And I uh, just want to thank you for getting me back on the podcast. Listen, I had, had to be done. I'm sure there'll be more opportunities, hopefully, down the line as well. But uh, back by popular demand, coach. Uh, so nice to, nice, to, nice to have you. Nice to have you with us. What we're going to be doing today is we're going to be discussing your recent tour um, with the national team squad out to the Netherlands, which I'm sure was uh, very nice considering what were the amount of days again that you since you played last? Yeah, it was an incredible 519 days without international cricket for Scotland, which, uh, you know, I've been watching a bit of the, the live stream with the girls. They were, they were more than that. They were over 600 days. So it's um, unbelievable. It's just crazy when you think about it. Well, you're back now. You're back now. And, uh, you know, it looked like a, a decent trip that you had there. Uh, and we'll go into to talking about it. Talk to me about your preparation first and foremost. I, I, I witnessed a few things online. I think you were training at uh, Heriot's Cricket Ground. Um, tell me a little bit about the prep. Yeah, we had we had some really good prep going into the series. You know, we needed we we, we know we needed about a six week build up into the series. I think you know that you you know you'd, you'd prioritize a few things within those six weeks. You know, you're probably your first couple of weeks would be just there to, for the for the guys to get back into it physically and and really make sure the basics are sound. And then you'd move more into a phase of getting some scenario work done. And then the final two weeks actually, which is probably the most important, was getting some cricket in. So we had a couple of games organised at Clydesdale. We were going to play sort of a team A versus a team B and just something we've been really short of is cricket, you know, and just, just really getting the guys under pressure. Um, and and, and you, you know this as well as many, Shaky. you can't substitute any game of cricket for another training session. You know, I think the, the more you can get in, in, the, in the pressure cooker, as I like to call it, the better. And unfortunately, that um, the second game was affected by rain at Clydesdale, so we didn't get an opportunity to go and play. Uh, so we went into that series with only really playing one proper full game of cricket with uh, another T20 as a training match. So um, again, not absolutely ideal preparation going into a series, an international series. But from a training point of view, I think we controlled as much as we could. And I think from a management point of view and from a player's point of view, you know, when you are controlling everything that you possibly can, that's all you can do going into the series. So, um, so that's where you look at the, and I know we're going to go into the nuts and bolts of the series, but you look at how the series panned out. I'd like to believe that a lot of the training and the conversations that were had allowed us to handle those pressure, pressure situations a lot better going through the series. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's the rain in Glasgow, Shane. Um, so, you know, doesn't surprise me, uh, but listen, you can only work with, with what you have uh, and you, you, you seem to do the best you could with what was available to you. Um, the guys must have been buzzing. Let's have a little chat about the squad. Um, a lot of familiar faces, a mix of uh, experience along with youth as well. Um, obviously, you've got some very experienced cricketers now, in, uh, like your skipper, uh, Kyle Kutzer. Callum McLeod, Richie Barrington, these guys have been around for a long time now. 
Um, what were some of the what was who were some of the youth coming that you were going to be having a look at in that squad? Yeah, so you mentioned the experience, but you know, 18 months out of international cricket does funny things to you, Shaky. You know, as you nearing sort of the the back end of your 30s, you know, anything can happen. And then someone like Carl and Richie and these guys, as as as, as experienced as they are, they still need cricket, um, you know, to to fall back on. So look, we did go there with a wealth of experience and um, probably you know far more experience than that Dutch team that was presented to us, but. Um, it gave us an opportunity to take probably a couple of peripheral sort of players that we maybe haven't had a lot of cricket in the past, even before the pandemic. So we, we didn't pick any of the county players because of the bubble, taking them out of the county stuff. Um, we didn't want to keep guys out of cricket for too long. So I think it gave us the chance to, to pick 14 players that are probably more locally based sort of players. Um, and, uh, and and you would have seen us also shuffle the team over the two games. You know, it's very tough over a two-game series to try to give all 14 players a go. And um, you also want to make sure that you're winning international games. So it's, it's a very hard balance to strike. But what I think we did have on, on this particular tour is we had 14 players that probably could come in at any point um, and could play in different roles and uh, and and come in and, and make an impact in whatever role they might have been playing. So... So, yeah, we, we looked at taking, you know, the likes of a Gavin Mayne, who hasn't been around the squad uh, for a while. Um, someone like Adrian Neal, who who did play previously a couple of years ago, but reintroducing him into the squad. Michael Leesk, who was left out of the previous trip and was reintroduced back into the squad. And um, and it was an opportunity for those guys to really come into the team and show what they're about, you know. And uh, I think I think someone... Like like Gavin, who came in bowled incredibly well in that first game and really showed that he has a sort of added pace that we're looking for at times. You know, you want to point to difference in your bowling attack always, and and you see someone like and I'm I'm only covering the bowlers at the moment, but someone like Evo who who came in and really you know produced the goods. Um, so it just shows that all the hard work he's also done during the pandemic really was nice to see that that resulted in wickets for him. You know, so it's a nice little little reward at the end of it for him. Um, and then Liski coming in and, you know, he, he only had one job to do and that was to bowl his one over. He got the left-hander out and uh, one over, one for one, job done, you know, for him. And the skipper pulled him off and um, lucky enough didn't have to bat, you know, because Budgie and Munzi did, did the job in the end. So so I've mentioned only a few of the guys coming in, but those sort of peripheral players, as we want to call it, um, got an opportunity to show what they were about. That was great. Let's get into this then. Um Got my laptop here. Got the first uh, ODI scorecard up. Rain affected match. Um, first ODI Rotterdam May 19th, uh, which was just 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 around a week ago. Um, the Dutch did they win the toss? Uh, the Dutch won both the tosses actually. So our skipper needs to do a bit of work in that um, when he's at home isolating over the next few days and to to practice his tossing. Um, but uh, we unfortunately lost both tosses and. Um, and in a way, I mean, we, we, we're the sort of the team shaky, whether you, you win or lose a toss, we're pretty comfortable that we can do the job with both, both skill sets. So uh, lost the toss um, and, um, you know, and, and on a wicket that was pretty tricky, I must admit. I thought, yeah, uh, I watched a bit of it. It wasn't, it didn't yeah. look, didn't look the easiest to score on. You initially looked at it, it had a good, good covering of grass on it. So it was a little bit patchy. So I think we, we were expecting a bit of a two-paced nature. Um, it, I must admit, I don't think it, I thought it looked a lot better than actually the way it played. So we thought there would be more runs in it, but actually that just goes to show that we really had to adapt um, with the way that we, especially batted on that wicket, I thought. Um, 
to give the guys credit, Shake, you know, in a rain-interrupted game, you, you know what it's like as a player. It's an incredibly frustrating place to be because you don't know when you're going to start you. You don't quite know where you're, where, you know, how aware you need to be of in terms of starting. So I call it a bit of a rain focus. And I must admit, our rain focus was absolutely brilliant. For a team that hasn't played for such a long period of time, I thought we were just on it straight away. And that probably comes from the excitement of the guys being back and, and being on a trip again. The boy uh, opened up then um, for the Dutch did pretty well. Max O'Dowd, he uh, he scored 82. Good player. He's a very good player. He's taken to international cricket like a duck to water. You know, he's he's played. I think uh, the stat was he's now got in his first three knocks. He's got three three scores of 50 and above in ODI cricket. He's um, he's gone away and come up with a new trigger movement, which was very interesting to see. So he gets his bat quite high up now and and moves quite a lot. So, um, so again, you know, uh, opportunity for our bowlers to, to adjust because probably the Max O'Dowd they would have bowled to in those World Cup qualifiers a couple of years back um, has gone away and also had a look at his game. You know, players are constantly trying to improve. So, so yeah, so he's, he's a good player. Good player. Um, he obviously was the, the main reason that they, they were able to put on a, a decent total. Um, bowling figures. Very impressive up top by uh, by the giraffe that I call him, Ali Evans. Um, six overs for 24, one wicket. Pretty steady figures then. Consi must be bowling quite, he was bowling quite consistent now. Yeah, Eva, and I mentioned it earlier, has has prepared incredibly well for this series. You know, I think, um, you know, to also give uh, our new uh, assistant coach and, and uh, you know, lead bowling coach some credit I think he's worked with a lot of these players previously so I think um, someone like Evo would be really familiar with what Wrighty is looking for from a bowling point of view and I think he stepped up straight away into the role that was required for him to perform you know I think um, in many many years gone by he would have probably come in and taken a bit of a first change role at times but you yeah. know he got the new ball and really committed to it and, and bowled and bowled excellently at times. My uh, my good friend Safi uh, not as impressive figures as I'm used to seeing from Zappi, but I think in all of this, we have to be not too clinical on uh, on some of the some of the players because, like you say, this would have been the first time for a long, long time that these guys have got out on the pitch. But Zappi returning figures is six overs for 41, got a wicket, uh, but on his day, I would expect Zappi to be a little bit more on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, we all know Safi pretty well. I mean, everybody will remember him, you know, taking that final wicket against England. We know he's a big, big match player, Safi. We know he also needs a lot of bowling under his belt to be bowling well. You know, I think uh, confidence comes from not only in the way you train, but also in your performances in a game that can build confidence. And the more and more we can give the likes of Safi that game time, um, the, the better he he probably wasn't where he knows he needs to be and where he expects himself to be. Um, but we also need to remember that it has been a long layoff and he was injured during the pandemic too. You know, he had an elbow injury and coming back from an elbow injury being a fast bowler is, is probably always in the back of your mind too. But he's completely over that now and um, I have no doubts over the next few months, he's just going to keep going from strength to strength. Yeah. You mentioned the youngster. I've heard a lot about this young lad, Gavin Main. I've actually never, strangely enough, ever played against them, which being from the West, you'd think I would have bumped into them by now, but I haven't. But great figures, seven overs, two for 16. I mean, that really puts you in the game, those type of figures. Impressed with what you've seen? 
Yeah, he's got great attributes, Gav. You know, he gets the bit between his teeth as a fast bowler. You know, that's what you want. He he runs in hard. He he can. He's got the ability to bowl really quick at times when everything clicks for him. Um, he's also got the ability now just to to move the ball around a touch. Um, and I think when you're um, you know when you're asking questions of both sides of the bat, and, and you know someone can bowl a short ball at you, you know, then that puts your technique under a lot of pressure. And I think. Gav was excellent. He also probably the figures could have been better. I think he beat the bats a lot. Um, didn't quite get the rewards as he did. Uh, should have or deserved. But um, he was that real point of difference for us that could come in and bowl quick and just and just maybe even you know within partnerships with the other bowlers even help them out a touch more. So um, so it's excellent to see. I must mention I thought his fielding was superb too. So I think as a, in terms of taking an opportunity, I think I think he really did that well. Can he bat him? He can bat. He's uh, he's got an incredible ability to bat. Um, you know, there's a you know a bit of a running joke within the team that um, he takes his batting very seriously, and that's that's what you want from a number nine or a number ten coming in who potentially needs to score you um, a few runs at the end to win you the game. He's he's a far better batter than than he gives himself credit for, and I think he uh, he if he keeps working um, on his batting, he could certainly become a, a very good number eight or a number seven within a batting lineup. So. Um, he's got he's got good skills when he plays. Well, that's good to hear, and he's certainly put his name in the hat, I'd imagine, for future selection with a performance like that. Because as you mentioned, there's county boys to come back in. There's going to be competition for places, but that's exactly what you want, coach. You you, you want you want that kind of headache. You don't want to be putting guys on the pitch that are you're just doing it for the sake of it. So it's good to see that this this young lad's put his name in the hat. Your golden child, as everyone keeps telling me. Next up, Mark Watt. You know, I hear uh, uh, Hamza and uh, Mark had a little giggle in the, the recent podcast where Hamza said, yeah, Mark's the golden boy. Um, six overs, two for 28. I'm very impressed with this lad. He um, he just keeps delivering uh, for consistently now for a long period of time. I think it's, I feel like he's a bit unlucky not to be playing county cricket at the moment because I thought he performed pretty well down there as well. Yeah, he's got an amazing ability, Shaky, to be consistent, the word you just mentioned. You know, he keeps putting in performances um, you know, in such a lengthy period of time out, anything could happen to players. And I think you see Mark Watt, you wouldn't you wouldn't have said he hasn't played international cricket for almost two years. And I think, um, you know, I think he, he probably bowled better in the second game and didn't quite get his rewards, I thought, um, and probably deserved better figures in the second game. But his appetite to put in performances and also keep getting bigger, uh, better, better every single day is is something that is is, is really good about him. He's, he can also bat. You know, oh, and yeah, I think yeah. um, his ability with the bat and his, his, you know, will keep getting better and better. And he's a left-handed option with the bat too. They can come in down the order and become a finisher. Um, you know, also, again, I thought his fielding has really uh, gone up a few notches too. And it's something that he, he really is priding himself on. And the other thing with Waddy too is um, he might seem like a really young lad within the squad, but he's actually a really good leader within the, within this team. And we certainly value his opinions. And, um, and I think he... He is taking up more of a leadership role within this team, so um, so he keeps keeps impressing. Um, but he also knows that there's still areas areas of his game that he can get better at, so that he can command county places and other competitions because that's where he wants. You know, he wants to play the highest level of cricket he can. He wants to play for Scotland, but he also wants to represent other teams in various competitions, as are many others in the world. Good to hear. His spin pal, um, who we recently recently had on. Tough day at the office. Hamza had a five over for 36. He got himself a wicket. Again, was this um, 
an example of maybe just not enough game time, caught a little bit, caught a bit, a little bit cold there. Yeah, definitely. You know, Hamza, Hamza has been absolutely superb. He's, his commitment to training, his appetite to want to keep getting better too. I use that word a few times now is, um, is second to none. He's a fantastic human being. And I think um, what he did during the pandemic in terms of, um, you know, losing quite a bit of weight, getting himself fitter and stronger and, and um, also works, works hard on his batting. You know, he's got an appetite to want to bat too. He, Probably um, started incredibly well. Got that wicket early on. I thought he bowled a fantastic delivery to dismiss um, to dismiss the batter, and then uh, and then just started bowling maybe a touch too slow. And that again comes from game time, doesn't it? And confidence, and yeah. and certainly leaving him out in the second game wasn't wasn't due to to maybe a poor performance. I think it's more a case of getting one or two others a game, and also we know what Hamza can deliver by now, and I think we're pretty confident that he. Um, uh, that he um, will keep delivering into the future. So, um, so he's on the right path, and um, we, we're very happy with where he is. Well, it's good to hear he's working on his batting because when I first seen him, he couldn't. Uh, he was a he was a walking wicket. Um, so, you know, that's good to hear that he's uh, he, he's constantly working on it because it's only going to benefit you with the guys at the lower the lower order. Because uh, sometimes when you games with the bat and get you over the line, so good to hear Hamza's working on that. Then the old boy, most underrated bowler, I think Scotland of. Have produced, keeps churning them out. Three overs for twelve, nice and tidy from Richie Berrington. Um, still big part of your bowling plans moving forward. Yes, Shaky. You know it's nice to have your number four batter that can offer you um, anything from from zero to ten overs in a fifty-over game. I think um, the talk with Barrow is he's always an option with the ball. You know I think if the conditions dictate that that he needs to be bowling, he he will be the guy that the ball gets thrown to. I think. Carl has a lot of confidence in Richie. And, and the one thing Richie does bring into the team too is he is a wicket taker. You know, um, more often than not, when Richie's come on, he's, he's, he's changed the game in some sort of way. He's provided a moment that potentially could change the game. So, so he's a wonderful package to have in your team. Um, and I think he reads the game incredibly well. So I think um, the longevity of his career, probably not, not bowling as much in 50 over cricket and probably more in T20 cricket, um, which is why someone like, Dylan Budge has come into the team and that provides also another option with the ball, I think. And I think it's for us as a coaching staff and us as a nation is to keep finding guys that can commit to roles, um, whether that be to get a short-term success or long-term success. And I think that that's the balance we're trying to strike with, with the team that we're picking. No, good, good, good to hear. Good to hear. Constantly evolving. So you look at that Dutch scorecard and you just think if you take that 82 out, that's a totally different game of cricket. I mean, from Cooper at number three, ten, Sealer zero, four, zero. You know, you were you were right in the right in the game. You had them in trouble, but the lads played a good yeah. knock, and he's managed to get his team to a total respectable total of one hundred and sixty-three for eight of thirty-three overs, which I'm sure you were fairly confident of uh, of chasing down. Bit of a bumpy start with our with our top three, Kyle kind of got himself in there to nine and Callum as well got himself to 14. Unfortunately, couldn't kick on. But then a very important partnership between Richie and uh, George Munsey, which must have been given the, the changing room plenty of confidence that you were going to you were going to get to that total. Yeah, definitely. And just, just to go back just to our bowling effort again, I suppose the big learning for us uh, during that series was when we did have them under pressure, when we had them five down really early on, is, is what could we have done just to keep that pressure on them? And I felt we just, we just took the foot off the gas a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but really good to have them in that position. I think from a batting point of view, 
in both games, you know, if you look, if you're going to analyze both games, we lost early wickets. Um, and I think in terms of the brand we want to play, we want to keep pushing the envelope in terms of our scoring. Um, we are a team that is looking to score and we've got, we pick players to do that. So to be down, to be three down early on always puts that middle order under huge pressure. And that's where someone like your George Munzies, as you mentioned, I thought Richie played superbly in that first game until he unfortunately got out. Um, Great strike, Greg. But again, 41, it was... 41 off 43, so he was, he was, he was batting beautifully. Yeah, and that, it seemed like they had real control in the game. And then, um, you know, you lose a wicket and, and, and pressure does some really funny things to players when they walk in. And maybe the wicket isn't conducive to run scoring and you've got to find different ways. You know, that, that's, what, that's what life of a batsman is like in international cricket. Bowlers are going to put you under big pressure. And um, you've got to keep finding ways to score runs. And um, we just unfortunately didn't do it in that first game. Um, but it was really pleasing to see in the second game that we were probably in the same situation. Yeah. And we handled it really, really well. And um, for me, the shining light, Shaky, is is the way George played. I think um, George showed huge uh, maturity in his in his game. You know, he. I think everybody's very, you know, George is uh, familiar with with him coming in and scoring runs really quickly and having a high strike rate. And everybody wants to see Munzee hitting sixes. Whilst we know he has that game, it was really pleasing to see that he also has the game to manage the innings. And I actually called it. It was a it was an innings of the overseas pro where you manage the innings and you make sure that the team wins. And I think for me, that's a huge feather in George's cap in terms of where his batting has got to. The Michael Bevan of Scottish cricket, you could turn him into then an ODI <laughs> cricket because um, yeah. he's clearly got the ability to finish. Quite good to see, though, that, um, like you mentioned, you know, Mark, Safi and Gavin, they hung around and they tried to get a couple of runs towards the back end as well. But I think you looking at that scorecard, you've, you've lost a couple of wickets there and we... We unfortunately didn't quite recover. 149 for eight. Um, and that was the, the first ODI done. Um, you've been very and honest just, in your, your yeah, assessment of it. And just on that, Shaky, just in terms of our batting, you know, many would have seen on the last stream there wasn't a boundary hit in the last, I think it might have been six, seven, eight overs or something like that, which is very rare in a 50 over game or even a T, you know, you just you would expect boundaries to be hit. And um, it just shows you the nature of the wicket and how tough it was to be hitting boundaries. So I think learning again for us there was just how we manage that that those periods a little bit better all around absolutely and uh sometimes you might need to put your pride aside and, and put the boundary options away and just really manage yourself to get over the line that's what good teams do and i think whilst we absolutely understood that and those were the conversations the reality of actually doing it is is the end product isn't it and that's just something we couldn't do well you obviously had a team meeting after the after the first odi i'd imagine some nice, uh, some nice food in the evening, um, and whatever you, whatever the guys ate, and whatever you said to them, and you discussed, you know, you 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 put a lot of the wrongs from the, the first ODI right in the second ODI. So Dutch batted first again, um, decent total, nothing to nothing to, but like you say, on a, on, a, on a tough wicket, one seven one was still something on the board. This time you managed to get the the scorer from the previous day, Max O'Dowd, out quite early, um, and Mybra who's also, you know, I've known of him for a, few, a good few years. He's a, he's a dangerous player for them up top, but you didn't really allow him to go on, only really getting 40. Some good performances in the middle with uh, Scott Edwards getting 56. So they got 171, but let's let's talk about your, your bowling attack, and in particular, the Giraffe, who's, uh, who's been around forever now, um, you know, played in World Cups, etc., and, and has, like you said, become more of a change-up option. 
but in both games he consistently performed for you and he, and he got a, got himself a 5 for 5 for 43 of 9.4 overs mm, yeah he bowled incredibly well I thought he he got his just reward you know and I always say it's, it's, it's small moments in the game I'll give you an example he chased the ball down to the boundary saved the one run sliding stop whilst he was bowling his final spell he must have been pretty tired at that stage ran away to boundary slid saved one run the next ball we got a wicket and I think it's it's moments like that that people don't often see and then he got added wickets after that to get his fifer so I think it was thoroughly deserved um you know the work he's put in um he's been in a great space recently and um just really happy for him that that it came off on the day and I think to give other bowlers credit too, you speak about Evo being a giraffe. You know, the big man Adrian Neal came in and I thought bowled superbly with a new ball. Nine over for and 20, one wicket. That's proper figures. Absolutely. It was, it was really good. And the most impressive thing was probably how he came back and bowled his second spell, which has quite often been, you know, his um, the monkey on the back to call it for 80 is how he comes back and bowls that second spell. And that's also credit to the work he's been putting in, you know, the fitness work and being able to come back and, and do it under pressure. And, Unfortunately, Gav probably didn't quite back up the day he had previously, but and that, you know, to his own admittance, would have, would have not have bowled as well as he did the day before. But great to see Gavin play two games of cricket in a row. Um, for someone who hasn't played a lot of cric- uh, cricket in the recent past, dealt with a lot of injuries too, fantastic to see him come through two games. And I think he would walk away with, with a lot of pride. And, you know, the rest the rest were pretty solid, if I'm honest. Um, did we bowl as well as we did the first day, Shaky? I don't think we did. Um, I think there were times where we got away with a little bit, and that's just being brutally honest. But I think um, I think we put that right to the bat, and that's what good teams do. Curious to know more about Dylan Budge's bowling. Obviously, he's a boy from the East. I've never actually seen him seen him bowl. I've seen he's had a haircut now, so that maybe has something to do with his bowling. He doesn't <laughs> want to get his hair in his eyes. Five overs for 19, coming on first change. Three are just, just you know, less than four and over. That's pretty good going. Yeah, so Dylan's put a lot of work into his bowling. It's not like he hasn't bowled previously. He did. He, he, he had an injury for a while, which would put him off bowling and probably gave him a chance to really focus on his batting. He, he also went away um, during this last winter to South Africa. And while he was there, he, he, he put a real emphasis on his bowling. Um, he, he's got a, a weird action. Okay. He, he bowls off the wrong foot. He kind of... Um, you know, he can rush rush you at times about a little bit quicker than you might think. So it's a really good option to have within our within our, within our unit. You know, someone who can come in at six and also bowl you a few overs just makes a real sort of nice balance to your team. So um, so Shaky, yeah, he's he's another guy that can come in and, and give us overs, which is a real positive. Sounds like you'd be quite handy in T20 cricket as well. I think with that type yep. of action, something different as an option. So that that's uh, that's good to hear. Mark, Mark again, consistent, 10 overs for 40. Unfortunately, no wicket, but again, just consistency. As you mentioned, Liske back in the team, one over, one wicket, one run, job done by him. And then the, the old boy again, Richie, seven overs, one for 23. So it's, it, it, it looks like a real team effort from the boys. You, you've got plenty of options in that bowling attack. Yeah, it's something we've we've spoken about quite a bit is how many how many options can we have? But more importantly, when it is your day, how you take advantage of that. You know, a good bowling unit is is guys that when they do get the ball in the hand and the conditions are dictating that it's their day, they need to cash in as Ali Evans did, as Richie did. You know, I think Richie didn't quite get his rewards. I thought he bowled a lot better than that actually, and he had quite a couple of balls that went down to third man that actually you know could have been out on a different day. So. 
So he was excellent. Um, and the fact that we have those options and we can adjust it according to the conditions is a really nice place to be, Shaky. Good to hear, Coach. Good to hear. Batting display reads a little bit better, although not so, again, as we as we touched on, you were in a little bit of trouble there. Um, four wickets down, people getting in and unfortunately not kicking on. But then that brought to, together two guys, two players that I think you will we'll all have high hopes for. As you mentioned, George Munsey, to me and to many, is probably seen as this guy just comes out and whacks it. But 79 of 100 balls, um, is that 100 balls? Yep, 79 of 100 balls shows a lot of maturity under quite a bit of pressure. Um, you don't want to go away there and lose both ODIs. That you know that would have been a bit disappointing. So show, showed a lot of character and supported very well by Dylan Budge with 40 of 47. You must have been sitting very cosy watching that partnership and really happy with what you've seen. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I've already mentioned, you know, quite a bit about George. If, what, what pleased me was um, I thought we got off to a good start. I thought Kyle and, and Crossy certainly had learned from the previous day and, and the sort of shot selection was was of a, a better nature, I think. And um, just really disappointing for us to then lose three wickets for no runs. Um, so from a pretty good position of being 30 without loss to 30 for three, you know, you suddenly uh, you think, oh, well, here we go from yesterday again. But then in, in walks Dylan Budge, who who was under pressure because he, he unfortunately had not played the way he wanted to in the first game. Suddenly he walks out in the second game and, and now has to get us over the line. But I think him and George in, in you know, combined really well and, um, and just managed the situation incredibly well. You know, I think it also it is also quite nice to have someone like a Michael Lees coming in at seven, who is there as, I don't want to say a safety blanket, but as another batter that could come in and keep changing the game for those guys. So, um, so that's just good to see George take responsibility and good to see Dylan finish with a nod out and, and to win a game for their country. I think, um, I think the boys are really pleased about that. And, and as I keep mentioning, good learnings from the previous day and to see the boys put it into action is, is something we need to, keep getting better at doing because when the cricket does come it's going to come cricket uh, quick and fast and we've got to make sure we keep adapting shaky you know what the associate world's like you know every game is a must-win game so you've got that pressure on you all the time and if you do lose a game of cricket the day before you've got to come out the next day and make sure that you're on it and you you quickly put that aside and um, i think we did that really well it just shows you like you mentioned at the start shane game time there's so many things that you will take away from that as a as coach and, and as a squad as well. Lots of positives to come out of that. Um, some areas to work on. I think one area in particular in both games is losing wickets and bunches is always going to put you under pressure. So be good to see, you know, next time round, if we do lose a wicket or two, two guys just like Dylan and, and, and George Dunn, just kind of settling things down and, and batting through. Uh, but looking at it, you know, Ali Evans, Gavin Main, Dylan Budge, great, great performances. It, it seemed like, you know, all the, all the squads were, uh, did a little bit. And I think that's important. Maybe now when you go into the next series, it might not be so much about giving everybody a shot and you'll be looking to, to get your best 11 on the park. But I think, I think it's been, I think it was a, a successful tour for you guys and you must be, must be buzzing to actually get to see the boys out there. Yeah, definitely. And I think the pleasing things for me, Shaky, to come out of the trip is just how the guys manage themselves uh, in the environment, which is now COVID, you know, just the way the team really stuck together, 
the way the lads get on, the the appetite for wanting to win cricket games, you know. Um, so I think it's fine being a good bunch of lads, but we still want to win, you know. And I think yeah. to to get that combination right is really important. And um, yeah, I'm 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 really pleased with with a lot of the stuff that I saw in the Netherlands. But I think uh, this unit also know that we've got to go away and put in some really hard work over the next month or two to make sure that we get ready for this cricket world league too, because that again the pressure is going to be on, and every game's a must-win game. So. Um, so I'm really confident with where we are, and um, it was a, a really enjoyable trip. You know, we we now have to do a 10-day home isolation for us since going over there during the pandemic. But it's um, it's also an opportunity to learn, and and the feedback that I've got from the from the guys is really really honest and and open and and and, and fantastic. So I think the environment is 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 in the right place, and we we're on the right curve. So you mentioned there that I was going to come on to that, but you you touched on it a little bit over the next month or so all preparation then when does that start the world cricket league so we got we got uh cricket world cricket league games in july um so we've got eight odis through the course of july and august which which will um which will then keep so we've played eight games already in the cricket world league two stuff so that'll take us 16 games and by then we'll have a really clear idea of where we're sitting in those those logs we've got to we have to finish in the top three but we we've set ourselves and a goal of, of, of winning that cricket world league too. So we've got to make sure that, you know, this next phase of eight games is incredibly important for us. Uh, so the lads will have good preparation for that shaky. They, they'll have a regional series, which they're going to compete in from a 50 over point of view. So it gives everybody an opportunity to put performances in, to get game time, to really commit to their roles, uh, you know, in any given team that they're playing. And I'm just looking forward to watching more cricket, you know, going around and, and whether that's in Glasgow, whether that's in Dundee or Edinburgh, you know, it's just going to be great to get around and see a lot of cricket played this summer because I think everybody can't wait for that. Well, I look forward to seeing you over in Glasgow, mate. Um, that, that, that would be that would be nice. Get you over to the good part, good city, good, you know, people make Glasgow and all that. I'm, I'm sure you'd enjoy plenty of time over here. Um, <laughs> what's just 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 to kind of come come towards come towards the end. Finishing and winning the World Cricket League would be would be awesome. But what are the other ultimate goals of you as a coach and this squad? Where where are you wanting to see them in eighteen months to two years' time? It's a it's a very good question, Shaky. And I think um, ultimately your tenure as a coach will always be judged on that, isn't it? So everybody wants to see success. Everybody wants to, and ultimately success in international sport means winning cricket games. But I also think. You can also achieve success in other departments. You know, I think it's very important that we make sure that the the longer term vision of Scottish cricket is in a good place. You know, we still want to make sure that we are achieving full membership. I think that's the number one goal, and we we do talk about it a lot. But we can only control what we can, and that's you know, as a team, as a high performance team, we want to win cricket games. Um, so, goals that we've set is certainly in the T20 World Cup. You know, we also know that. When we get through to that next phase of the World Cup, um, in terms of playing more full members and giving ourselves a chance of getting into a semi-final, you know, we're allowed to dream, you know. And I think yeah, if we're not allowed to dream, then then we we're in a dangerous place. So we have to believe that we can go there and make an impact in that tournament. And I truly believe we're going to have a squad of players that can do that in the shortened version. Um, we play an exciting brand of cricket, and I do honestly believe we can go there and make an impact. So we know that when we get through that next phase we automatically qualify for the next T20 World Cup, which is another opportunity again, you know, and, um, you know, when you get to the end of your career, what are, what are the things you talk about most? It's memories, 
it's achievements. It's, um, it's, it's talking about those times you were at a World Cup. Or it's just those are the memories you want to leave with the squad. And um, for me, it's about the legacy that Carl Kutzer, Richie Barrington, Callum McLeod, et cetera, et cetera, leave the squad to be able that young, to, to be able to take that younger generation through and enjoy full membership when it does happen. So, so that's the goals and aspirations certainly we have as a team. I think as an organization, it's to make the game mainstream. You know, I, I cannot wait for the day, Shaky, when I walk into a sports direct and I see a Scottish cricket top being sold, you know, and not just a football and a rugby shirt. Love football and rugby, don't get me wrong, but I want to see that cricket top being sold. And uh, that for me will mean we're, we're in a better place in terms of Scottish cricket. Well, you need the opportunities and you need to make those opportunities. Like you say, we've already shown, but it's in the past now, you know, we did beat England and it's something all us Scottish cricket fans will keep talking about in 10, 20, 30, 40 years time, but it would be nice to get some more scalps. The one thing that I'm desperate to see is, is Scotland at a World Cup and beating one of the big, big nations. I think that's, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Our neighbours, the Irish have done it a few times. Yeah. I personally think we're a stronger team than the, and the squad than the Irish just now. So there's no reason why it can't be achieved. But look, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, Coach. It's been a pleasure. You've given a, a great, honest insight into your, your recent tour to, to the Netherlands. Great to see you back on the pitch. Uh, not you personally, but uh, I'm sure you could still turn the arm over if need to be, Shane. But great it's like to see a few you days to recover, out. that's for sure. I can promise you that. I know the feeling, <laughs> mate. I just played last Saturday. It took me about a week. I'm only just getting over it. Uh, but great to see the boys back out there. Great to see some positive performances from some of them. And uh, I'll be following closely to see what happens in the in the coming months. Um, so, yeah, and hopefully see you over in Glasgow at some point as well, Coach. Yeah, absolutely, Shaky. And just, just to finish off from my side, you know you're always going to get honesty and openness from me. So thank you very much for providing the platform. And I think, you know, it doesn't it doesn't help you go in the past and, and beat all those big teams. It's, it's about what we do from now on moving forward in Scottish cricket. And I think we have a huge role. All of us have a role to play in that. And I'm, I'm just really looking forward to what the future holds for this team and, and this organisation. And um, it's been great chatting to you, though, and uh, look forward to getting across Glasgow way to, to have a good catch up. No, definitely, mate. Definitely. You take care. Take care. Thanks, Becky.